You're listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks, a biblical, practical, and spiritual conversation about living and leading worship. Let's lean into today's episode. Today, I want to I want to really lean into this fivefold ministry thing because I think, you know, we were just talking about this how. You know, in the 80s and 90s, it was very common for churches to talk about fivefold ministry and for churches to talk about the prophetic and the apostolic. And then I feel like we kind of went through this season of the church age where it was like, hey, that's so weird. Let's just toss it to the side and just pretend it doesn't exist. And let's just kind of move on. Let's just call everybody pastors. You know, let's just call everybody pastors. And what I feel is happening right now is there's an awakening of the fivefold ministry and not a fear in stepping into that, but also not an authoritarian like, no, you need to call me this or you need to call me that. And when it pertains to worship leaders, um, you know, it's interesting. Part of that fivefold ministry, we don't see a worship leader in there. So we don't necessarily see worship leaders in the fivefold ministry, but we do see the fivefold ministry in worship leaders. Yeah, that's really and so we want to spend some time talking about that today. And I'll just kind of preface it with the uh, the exact verse that we're talking about. It comes out of Ephesians chapter four. And of course, this is written by Paul to the early church in Ephesus. And uh, here's what it says, verse 11. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And that is the big fivefold ministry verse. So let's talk about that. Apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and pastors. We obviously spend a lot of time uh, our first episode talking about pastors, but yeah. tell me what that means to you, yeah. and you know, wh- where where are you seeing the fivefold ministry? Are you seeing the fivefold ministry manifest? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know we're opening up a potential can of worms here, yeah. and I love it. Let's go too. there. I like it. Go for it, man. No, man. I listen. You and I have had this conversation a little bit. Just like my, I think as I understand the fivefold ministry more and more, it's so sad to not see it. I don't see it very much in the church. And I think mm. we talk about it. I think we like the idea of it. But I think the fivefold ministry are actually people working together to see something that's not built off of a hierarchy. So it's mm. like everything that we do tends to be hierarchy. It's like the the pastor is like, this is the high, and it kind of trickles down from there. Right. And this, you know, this is more... <laughs> This is so bad. You can tell I have kids. This is more Power Rangers. Nice. You know, like th- this is more like this is us coming together and with our strengths combined. And, uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, but I think, I think this, that's Captain Planet. Yeah. I don't you know, know what it is, but all I can know. Water, yeah. 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 <laughs> Whatever happened to Captain Planet? I have I no like, clue. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But He's gone. But I think that it's been replaced by Dude Perfect in my house. So oh, that's, my that's kids love unreal. Dude Perfect, yeah. man. So we're going to, that's what we're going to watch all love the it. time. But the hierarchy type of thing and not just a hierarchy but again back to our metric systems the way we do things we basically made pastor the acceptable word in the church and so i was even talking to our staff the other day i didn't grow around i didn't grow up with the word apostle a lot you know i heard mm-hmm. i heard the word but i we didn't ever we i mean our church never used that word you know mm-hmm. and our church never used the word prophecy or prophetic usually i mean mm-hmm. especially prophet and so I asked our group the other day, I said, let me ask you a question. Are you comfortable with the word pastor? I'm like, of course. Mm-hmm. Are you comfortable with the word teacher? Yes. Are you comfortable with the word evangelist? Yeah. Are you comfortable with the word apostle? 
And they're like, not really. <laughs> Are you comfortable with the word prophet? They're like, it's been abused. Well, mm-hmm. so is pastor. I mean, pastor's been abused. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Right, like right. a lot. I said, here's my problem. First, scripture says that uh, the foundation of the church will be the apostles and the prophets. Mm. I said, do you know why I think we're so afraid of those words? I think the enemy has done such a great job of making us so focused. It, it, the enemy uses our own stuff against us. Listen, he's a deceiver. If you, if you, you know, if you think, well, I can't be deceived. You're deceived. Like right, that's the whole, you if you, if you knew it was happening, it wouldn't be deception. You know, he uses our own stuff against us to, to slow us down, to divide mm-hmm. us. It's like, and so what happened was it put all this emphasis on pastoring, removed the apostle and the prophet words, even titles, functions. And so now we don't have people even longing to function in the area of the apostolic or apostle or establish uh, as prophets or a prophet because those words to us are so they're they're hard for us to hear. One of the reasons I believe is because they have been misused and they have sure. been abused. And so apostle, here's the truth: if apostle and prophet are foundations of the church, they get walked on. Mm. I think a lot of times we've tried to use the apostle as the covering, you know, and so we're trying to make that like the roof, you know, wow. but actually that's pastoring. A pastor is the covering and the, and the apostle then is the foundation. Well, without a foundation, the thing falls apart. Mm. But the problem is the apostle is an establisher. It's an establisher of the church. Like you said, it's a, it's the sent ones, you know, mm-hmm. why are we so afraid of that word? If they're going to come in, they're going to establish. And I think a lot of times it's because we've used position as our power. Wow. So we have wanted a position so I could have a power over people. But Jesus says this position is going to be a servant level thing. There, you're, you're really, it's really, if it's, it's really powerless in a sense but it's really powerful in the kingdom. You know, what's amazing is that all of these roles are based in servanthood. hundred percent. You know, I mean, if it's obviously if it's fashioned after Jesus church, we shouldn't be surprised that servant leadership is the way that he would want to build his church. But all of it, why do they exist to equip and empower the saints to do the work of the ministry? It's not even about those positions. It's about empowering and seeing other people step into their God giving callings. And the thing that's interesting, and I, I almost said this at our, during our first episode, but like the idea of like, you know, position and power. And it's like, dude, Jesus cares more about the towel than the title. Yeah. I, heard, yeah, yeah, I, I can't yeah, take that. Yeah. That's such a great, yeah. great phrase. Yeah, yeah. I heard a, uh, like a 70 year old preacher say that in a, in a pastor's gathering, but he said, he said, what, what if we led with our towel and yeah. not our title? Yeah. And this idea that like, okay, the apostle as the sent one, that's a missional, that's a missional thing to be sent out. Yeah. Uh, Prophet, okay, well, all prophecy, according to Corinthians, leads to encouragement yeah. and bringing back to faith and yeah. bringing people back to the heart of God. Okay, so that's serving one another. Of course, you know, evangelism is all about telling the good news yeah. and being that messenger, that emissary. So that's the servant position. Yeah. Teaching others. Well, hey, it says, you know, in the New Testament that if you desire to be a teacher, hey, get ready. That's a yeah. heavy burden to bear. Yeah. So that's a service role. Yeah. And then the other one, of course, pastor, shepherding. Yeah. We talked about that last episode, but... 
All of these are servant-based roles. Yeah. And I love what you just said. I think the fear of certain words and the foreignness that's come with that. Well, hey, let's just toss it to the side and let's just focus on this. And we're all good with the term pastor and teacher. Yeah. Like, like we can understand those. We can comprehend. Yeah. Well, guess what? Supernatural means above your natural understanding. Yeah. So it shouldn't shock us that some of this stuff is a mystery. Yeah. And and, and it's okay 100%. to keep the mysterious element to it as yeah. long as it's always drawing back to the heart of God and all of these fivefold yeah. roles do that. Yeah, and I think that I think my biggest problem with it honestly is like if we're just talking about it as titles things like that it's like well why do you want the title of apostle over prophet or whatever mm-hmm. or over mm-hmm. pastor. It's not about that. It's I think what's happening why I want to talk about it is because there has to be an awakening in us that there are some of you out there that actually have the heart of an apostle. And, and, and I I don't listen, I don't ever want you to fight for to be called an apostle. I want you to understand what the function is inside you that God placed inside of you. Wow. The reason you're so frustrated is because you're being called a pastor, but you don't function as a pastor. Mm. And so there's always this frustration. And it's hard because I know guys, it, listen, some of these cross a little bit, you know, it's like a pastor can still teach. So I'm not right, saying right. you can't teach. I'm saying like, but if we understand the functions, then I don't have to become somebody else's anointing. I get to partner with their anointing. That's so good. If I think I have to be the anointed one, I burn out. Wow. Because I'm trying to fit myself into a mold that I was not made to be in. And so mm. we have churches that are struggling right now because the pastor is really a teacher who really doesn't have as much concern for the people, mm. but he has to have the title pastor to get paid. Wow. <laughs> Wow. So here's the problem is like there are guys who call themselves pastors who are evangelists, but evangelists, typically their whole goal is to go out and bring in, but they're not taking care of what's already in. So what are you going to do when you finally get them in? Mm. That's the hard part. Like I've heard guys who are who are really more evangelistic in their pastoring, and they're always like, we need to go out beyond the four walls. Go out beyond. Yeah, but what happens when you get them into the four walls? Right. You're like, God loves you. He cares about you. He, he you know, he, he, he wants to be with you. He wants, and then they get in the four walls, and it's like, this isn't about you. Right. Go out and save the world. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I thought you told me it was all about me. Wow. But it's not when I get into it because you don't have the heart of a pastor. You have the heart of evangelist. Wow. I'm not knocking that. Yeah. I'm just saying we need to be able to honor each other in our giftings and realize God is giving us each other. So you function in a way that I don't function. And I'm not jealous of that. Mm-hmm. I want to partner with that mm-hmm. because your strength may be filling my weakness. Mm-hmm. And then when you and I stand together, it looks like we're not weak. What I love about that is there's, it, it eliminates competition. Yeah, 100%. Because when you understand your role, it kind of, I'm reminded of Patrick Lencioni's like, find your right seat on the bus kind of thing. Yeah. And have we made a bus with only two seats? Yeah. You know, there's a there's five seats here according to Ephesians four, and yeah. of course we know that the giftings, the spiritual giftings, and and it goes well beyond just those as well too. But I think what's interesting is that when you understand how these roles can operate, specifically in the lens of worship, right? Yeah. So you have a worship leader who's kind of like more, and I would even say I, I wonder if like I know for me personally, I've felt and I've had you know 
people like Jenny Lee Riddle speak this into my yeah. life. Like I see you as a father of worship. Yeah. Okay. Well to me that would lean, okay, maybe there's an apostolic kind of gifting where, you know, I, I love to establish people and see them step into like, what did the apostle Paul do? He planted churches. Yeah. Like I think we have a record of 14 churches that he planted across ancient Mesopotamia. And so what did he do? Well, he got guys like Timothy and Barnabas and, and all these different leaders and he saw them stepping into, the, and then he's like, all right guys, peace. I'm out yeah. to do the next thing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And so, and I think, we see some of these uh, people that are doing this today. Like I know, I know, you know, Francis Chan, he's like one of these guys that like will plant a ministry and then kind of move on and do something else. And, and I think within the context of worship, like, can we plant as a, uh, in that apostolic, can we, can we see people stepping into their gifting and help establish them and equip them? And maybe there's a little bit of that element of the apostolic to that. And then yeah. in, in prophetic, you know, like uh, we have, you know, people on our worship team. I know you guys have people on your worship team that they'll just see things in the spirit yeah. and they'll, they'll not, not be afraid to call them out. It's done in order, yeah. you know, and I think maybe that's part, and we can lean into that a little bit. Like, yeah. okay, like why have we, like prophecy has almost become like a four letter word in the church of like, yeah. hey, because we've seen it weird and abused, like let's just kind of save that to like the Wednesday night experience where yeah. there's like 12 people here and you know they can come we call we call them deeper nights you yeah, know yeah, or, or yeah. like encounter and and but it's like i think i i read the book 5q by alan hirsch last year incredible book he's so brilliant in how he talks about really how all of culture like whether it's like lord of the rings movies yeah. or you know like but you see these fivefold roles play yeah. out, even yeah, in yeah. corporations. Like they might not call like the CEO the apostle, but you yeah. know, it's like <laughs> you know, you see like these five roles, and they're healthily maintained in these different organisms. Yeah, it's beautiful. And, and I think, man, we need to find a way to honor that again in the church. And so let, let let's spend a little bit of time mining on these five different roles. Yeah. Maybe not so much on the the pastor role because that was most of our first episode. Yeah. But but talk a little bit about like what do you see uh, when it comes to the apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists in a worship leading role. How have you seen that play out? Yeah. And then how, like maybe for somebody listening, like, yeah, that really identifies with me. And that explains why I'm so frustrated yeah. doing it how I'm doing it. Yeah. Well, it's awesome because when you can honor each other, it's so beautiful, man. Like, so an evangelist is really a great marketer, mm. like in the creative world, mm -hmm. like they want to market Jesus to the world, you know? <laughs> and it's awesome because they're just like, let's go and tell the world. And every song is like, let's go, let's right, go, right. let's go. <laughs> and, and it's hard sometimes because then in a corporate setting, it's like, okay, like, I, we can't just go all the time. Like, what, where are you we know, going? There's things happening in this room. Yeah. Well, a teacher in worship, it's, I mean, I can even lean into songwriting. I do this in songwriting too, but like a teacher is going to lean a little bit more into like, hey, I want to, I want to go deep into the things of God. Like I want us to teach some things. And like the hymns were great at that, you know, mm -hmm. it'd be very story driven or very much about the theology of God, yeah. you know? And, 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 um, if we're going to lean into these, honestly, an apostle, like uh, even an apostolic, I feel like function, somebody writing, you know, there's a lot of things out there that are just hitting this, um, even like a let it rain in that moment mm -hmm. is trying to do something of like, let's establish this now, God, like this is, and it's repetitive and it's over and over. It mm. doesn't have to say a lot because we're not trying to teach something here. We're trying to drive something here. Wow. And then the prophetic is the mouthpiece of God or the encourager. So I'm going to, you know, encouragement means, discouragement means a loss of courage. Encouragement <laughs> means I put courage back in you. That's good. And so 
that prophetic voice is always trying to put courage back into people. You know, mm. the power of it is like Lindy Conant. When I write, you know, I've written with Lindy Conant. Lindy Conant is an evangelist. Wow. Like, I mean, she's with Kona or uh, YWAM. Uh, she's a record on the Kona YWAM stuff. She does circuit riders. And when you when you sit with her for any amount of time, she's like, "Let's go!" You know, like and her stuff is like, I'll, you know, it's it's a martyr thing. We're gonna it's march like march into hell and you yeah, know take we're it. Gonna, Taking it, and we're, and we're not afraid to die for this. We're gonna mm. go to the world, and we'll give our life for this. Mm. And it is incredible, and it it should be inspiring, mm-hmm. you know. But if we only go that route, then I'm only handing my you know my people a tool that only functions in one way, right? Mm. So that's to go out. Well, where then? What about the mom that lives across the street, mm-hmm. that single mom who? definitely needs to go out to her workplace that stuff but what happens when we gather her Mm. and she's sitting in here and all we're singing is stuff about go Mm -hmm. and she is worn out worried that maybe god doesn't care about her anymore Mm. you know yeah so what kind of songs and can we lead in a moment to sing over her to sing through her to cause something to be um, encouraged in her. Maybe there's a prophetic voice. So Mm -hmm. the power of the fivefold ministry is that it doesn't all have to happen in one person. I don't want Lindy to stop being who Lindy functions in being. I want Lindy to be who Lindy is called to be and write those songs for us. Write those songs for me. Be that area. And then I need to have honest conversations with her and be able to say like, hey, you see something I don't see. Mm. Can you help me with that? Can you help our church with that? Wow. Because our church doesn't have that aspect invited into it. Well, I know there are people in our church like that, so I'm going to get them around Lindy. And But I'm going to tell them like, hey, this, cannot, this church is not meant to only be one function, mm-hmm. right? And so we're celebrating actually the empowering of a people. So how do we do that? And so the fivefold ministry is to equip the body to do the work. So really we're celebrating the people. Our job is to create hammers, tools, swords, weapons, to be able to fight and to be able to build, be able mm. to fight and be able to build. Mm. So we don't celebrate necessarily the people. I mean, it, I'm not going to celebrate Lowe's that a, ha- a house got built down the street. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lowe's isn't like we built that house. <laughs> like, no, you didn't. You supplied tools. You gave the resources. Like, yeah, but we, but but you're a great company. It's great, you know, great company of people. But we're not going to celebrate you as building the house. The people do the work. So we've mm-hmm. kind of got off-centered where it's like we celebrate the fivefold ministry as this hierarchy of something, mm-hmm. not the equippers of a people doing the work for the glory of God. Mm, that's so good, man. So we've talked a little bit about what could that apostolic look like in the worship realm, prophecy, of course, like, you know, encouraging people, drawing. And, and I think, honestly, like— those moments where you steward, okay, God's doing something here. I'm not afraid to lean into what the Holy Spirit is illuminating here. And we all know the Holy Spirit is the main worship leader in the room anyway. And so as we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, I think that prophetic edge can notice those things. And I think, honestly, even that's where some of these movements like um, United Pursuit have have come out with like, I'm going to say this thing because it needs to be said here in this moment, like a set of fire. You know, I remember when that song first hit and it was like, man, this is what 
what the church needs to sing right now. There's a prophetic edge to that. Like yeah. God stir us up, set a fire in our souls again. And, and so I think like the prophetic in worship sees these moments, notices these moments. And even beyond that, like we talked about beyond the stage last time, I think it's, it's, you know, in your everyday operating, encouraging people. Hey, you know, I just felt like the Lord wanted me to share this to you. I'm, I'm going to take a little bit of a risk. We have some fun with this. You know, when we talk about, you know, obviously prophecy can like bring, I, I never say thus saith the Lord, you know, like I think those are some dangerous yeah, words. I don't you never know? use the word thus. <laughs> thus, yeah, it's, <laughs> or it's, it, that needs to be retired. But you know, it's like. I just say the Lord said. <laughs> We, I always do this thing. That's I'm what like, I say to my kids. <laughs> and they listen. It's like, I wasn't going to listen to dad, but now that yeah. it's God, okay. But I think, you know, when it comes to like sharing a word that you feel like the Holy Spirit's laid on your heart for somebody, I'm always like, look, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being a thus saith the Lord and one being I had bad pizza last night. Yeah. You know, this probably falls in like a seven or an eight. And what that does, I mean, for me personally, whenever I'm sharing what I feel like is it maybe a prophetic word or a word of knowledge with somebody, what, what that does personally for them, I think is it just lowers the barrier because I can remember. Now, remember, I told you the kind of church that I grew up in that had yeah. literally the five seats on yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I was 11 years old. And there was actually a traveling uh, prophet who came to town and God bless him, man. I'm sure he was awesome. And I'm sure he, you know, had an incredible gift, but he, he called me up in front of like hundreds of people in our church and was like, the Lord is telling me that you're going to be a soccer player. And he's going to give you this incredible gifting and you're going to reach millions and you're going to this and that. And so, man, I love soccer. Yeah. At the, so, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to devote my life yeah. to this. Dude, I stunk. <laughs> I was so bad. And in high school, I played soccer and I was like, man, this is how the Lord's going to use me and this and that. And, you know, so maybe that was just a, uh, maybe it was a word for somebody else in the room. Yeah. We got a little, you know, misdirector or something. But so, so I, I say that because I think we sometimes put all this pressure on when it comes to these giftings. But if we remember these giftings are for unity yeah. and maturity yeah. and for equipping. And so anything that's done outside of that, yeah. we need to take pause and we need to say, okay, Lord, can you correct me? Can you guide me and lead me in this situation? Yeah. So I think with, with that prophetic edge in worship, it's just making sure that you're following the lead of the Holy Spirit yeah. and obviously doing that within the order and, and not stepping out of bounds or yeah. stepping out of line or dishonoring well, yeah. that. And in a service when I'm leading worship in a corporate setting, you know, our, we tell our group, you know, is there, your job today is not direction or correction. Mm. You know, your job today is encouragement. Wow. And so our job is to put courage back into people today. That, you know, so it's good. interesting because the charismatic church leans so heavy on tongues, but Paul says, you know, tongues, I wish that you'd all prophesy right. over everything. Mm. And you're like, it's honestly, it, people even listening to this right now are like, I do not, I do, I'm not going to prophesy. I'm never going to say that. <laughs> no, that's the thing though, is like, you don't realize how much you prophesy already. Right. I just don't call it prophecy. Right. That's the problem though. The words that come out of your mouth. I, I tell our group, like what would happen if you knew every word of your mouth would, uh, that came out of your mouth would come true. Wow. Because Change the, the Bible says that we carry life and death in our tongue. Mm -hmm. And so we have to get away from a little bit from these words. We're introducing the words because scripture is clear that they're going to be, you know, God is giving this as a gift. We need to understand the words. Mm -hmm. But again, these aren't titles. These are functions. Right. And you already function that way. You just don't direction it towards him. Mm -hmm. Or you just don't direction it in a service with purpose and intent. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I'm going to walk in with intent, understanding that when we sing, what is our purpose today? Yeah. What's our goal today? Well, 
Worship is the revealing of worse. So how am I going to do that in these people? I'm going to strengthen them today. They're going to mm-hmm. they're going to feel the strength of God. If they feel correction, that's because the Holy Spirit's doing that, not because I brought that. The Holy mm-hmm. Spirit can do what He wants in a room, mm-hmm. and He's going to bring that. Sometimes, through as I'm encouraging, people are going to start feeling this weight of like, oh man, I have put my trust in some place I shouldn't have, or wow. something like that. But we're always telling them it's not your job for correction or direction. It is your mm-hmm. job for encouragement, to put courage back into people. Yeah, we we always quote this Billy Graham saying, and it's like, it's God's job to judge. It's the Holy Spirit's to convict. It's my job to love. Yeah. You know, and Paul obviously talks about that in Corinthians. You know, he's like, let me show you the greatest way of all. And then 1 Corinthians 13, boom, he just unloads on what love is. Love is patient, love is kind. And, and you know, I think everything, when it's done with that mentality and with that heart in love, Yeah. When we lead worship in love, man, it points to the Father. Yeah. When we lead worship in love, it draws to the heart of Jesus. When yeah. we lead worship in love, it illuminates the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so I love the fact that you know we've got these fivefold things. The the biggest thing that I think I really wanted to lean in today is that if you're listening and you're thinking, man, like I just don't, I, I lead these songs, but I don't really have a direction. But boom, this kind of stirs something in me. You know, whenever I want to learn more about something, whether that's, you know, I'm, I'm a fake home repair guy. Like yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Like I, I pretend like I can do all these home projects and I go out yeah. to Lowe's speaking yeah. to Lowe's and I'll buy this stuff. I'll come home completely botch it up. And then we have to hire a professional to fix all my mistakes and then do the original task. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but whenever I want to learn more about like home repair, I go and study some books and I watch some things on YouTube. That's probably what makes me think that I'm actually capable yeah, of doing yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. But you study what you want to learn more about, or you study the things that are stirring within you. Yeah. And so if you're listening and you're like, you know what, man, I do have a passion to tell the good news and to draw people in. Well, then study some evangelists that you see within scripture. Yeah. Study the way that Jesus talked to people with an evangelistic heart. Yeah. You know, or maybe you're like, you know, I, I'm a little bit older in the game and I want to see people and I want to father people in worship and I want to see others step up. Okay, well, look at how Paul did that yeah. with Barnabas and Timothy and, yeah. and these guys that he raised up, Paul and his team, a great book, you know, yeah. or read 5Q by Alan Hirsch and, and start to study some of these roles yeah. and how that might stir within you and help you to grow in that. A couple yeah. other roles that we haven't quite hit on um, is is that teacher. Yeah. And I want to lean a little bit more into the evangelistic. I know we talked a little bit about Lindy and she yeah, definitely yeah. leads with that heart. But, you know, when it comes to teaching, you know, two of my favorite verses, one is in the very next chapter, Ephesians 5, 19, you know, and it talks about uh, making melodies to the Lord with, uh, you know, what is it? Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And then of course, in Colossians three sixteen, teach and admonish one another with wisdom using psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Yeah. So clearly, like, teaching and worship have this marriage yeah. in Scripture. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about this episode one, that you do these teaching moments. What are other ways that you see teaching in the aspect of worship? Yeah, And maybe how yeah. it pertains to discipleship, even. Yeah, I mean, I think, for me, it's just being intentional. So teachers, when I I sit with our teachers, the, the, the people I feel like the, their gifting is teaching. Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't teach, it's that their gifting is teaching. And I ask them to help me be intentional in our room. What are we missing? What are we mm-hmm. missing right now? Mm-hmm. I sit with the evangelists. I sit with the you know people who are more evangelistic in their function. And I ask them, what do you feel like we're missing here? And so uh, sometimes the teachers will say, I really feel like like we need a little bit more depth on understanding the Holy Spirit. Right. So when I'm, when I'll talk, you know, we can talk to our worship team and, and, you know, we can sit down and say basically like, Hey, 
we're going to be intentional today about our songs. We're going to lean into the Holy Spirit. We're finding some that kind of give us some understanding of how the Holy Spirit works. Mm. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Yeah. You know, so what is that? Well, you know what? We may talk about it, but we're actually teaching our people, welcome the Holy Spirit in your situation. Mm. But you know, there's a, there was a movement for a while. It's like, well, you don't have to welcome him in. He's already here. Well, yeah, he may be here, but he's not welcome everywhere. Wow. I mean, Jesus wasn't even welcome everywhere. Wow. So let's just be honest. Like, yeah, he may be in the room, but you're not you're not revealing your, your welcoming attitude towards him. Mm. So he probably is, I mean, he, he will not come someplace he's not invited. And he never turns welcome. down an invitation. Exactly. So you what know? do we do? So we welcome him here. Yeah. Well, we could lean into teaching that by talking about it, or we can be intentional about our song lists that give us the ability to teach something and then mm. tie it into something that the pastor's teaching. This is mm. why it's super important, I think, for pastors and worship leaders to work together. Yes. Because the songs actually can support the message, but the songs can actually become the message. Wow. You know, and then this is another thing, teachers. If you are a teacher and a worship leader and a songwriter, you know, you start listening to the pastor's message and start walking away with like, okay, I'm gonna if if our pastor burns with that message, mm. then I'm actually gonna come back and I'm gonna write a song about that to help people understand that a little bit more through song. Wow. So I don't want it just to be taught to our people. I want it to be sung through our people. Mm. So it's not just something that they hear, it's something that they digest and bring back out. You know, wow. and so I'm going to I'm going to try to work with my pastor and a teacher will tend to lean into that a little bit better mm -hmm. than maybe another personality or another function, because they're saying, like, I want that. I want our people to know that. Yeah, that I want them to understand that. Yeah. How do I get them to understand it? Yeah, I could sit down and say, hey, we need to do a six week teaching on. Or I can say when I sit down, I want to be very intentional when I write a song. I want to be very intentional when I pick a song to teach that aspect to partner with what the pastor just taught. That's so good. I mean, that's we typically do a closing song, and that's really the only song that's thematically necessarily tied into the message is because people may not remember six points in the message, but they'll remember the song you sang after that. Yeah. And so I love the marriage of message and music. And I think, you know, when it comes to teaching, here's the big thing, intentionality. And so, you know, are we intentional about the songs we pick? Or are we just like, you know what? We don't have a lot of time to rehearse this morning. Let's just do this one. We did it five weeks in a row. Let's do that again. Yeah. You know, I think there's such a huge weight that comes with the opportunity to teach. Yeah. And it should feel like a burden. Yeah. Because what does it say in scripture? You know, that he who aspires to be a teacher aspires a good thing, but man, there's responsibility. First yep. Timothy. And, you know, we we just did, we're in a series right now in First Timothy and we're going through it book by ver uh, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And I mean, chapter, I think it's two or three talks about the qualifications of a leader who yeah. sit with that for a yeah, little right. bit and, yeah. and let's see if you want to be a leader after yeah. reading that. Or it's, if you're allowed to be, <laughs> <laughs> or if you're even allowed to be, but I mean, there's just such a weight that comes to teaching. Yeah. And I think sometimes in this current climate, in this current culture, we want what's easy, not what's right. Yeah. And teaching is not easy. Yeah. And so sit with the songs, sit with the scripture, yeah. get with your pastor and say, okay, how can we best serve what's happening today? Yeah. And 
fortify the message with a song that gets stuck in our people's hearts. Yeah. And as a teacher, I don't want to be somebody who, you know, I, we have a guy that is a teacher at church and he knows I push against it quite a bit because I'm not knowledge puffs up. This mm. isn't just about knowledge. And he always says, I think the line is, I'll have to ask him to make sure, but I'm going to say it now. And then if it's not, <laughs> then I just made this up. But uh, Information without transformation is an abomination. Ooh. We're not looking for information. We're looking for transformation. Yeah. But we can see good teaching, spirit-empowered teaching brings transformation. It mm. doesn't just bring people who are more knowledgeable. Right. And I don't need people with mental assent. That's not how you get to God. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the push against teaching has always kind of been that is right. like, and so you have to be a person who's digging into the spirit of God, be empowered by the spirit of God to mm. not just bring information. You're bringing transformation yeah. through the teaching of the word, mm. you know? And so a lot of that goes back to intent. What's my purpose in this? Yeah. Well, I just want people to know it. Well, yeah, I know Michael, I know all kinds of stats about Michael Jordan, but Michael Jordan doesn't know me. Wow. I've not been transformed by that information, you know? <laughs> and, and honestly, like that's the biggest problem is like, there's a lot of people who know a lot about God, right? but knowledge puffs up. And I want mm. somebody who's transformed by the, by that, you know, if it is information, I want it to be information that leads to transformation. That's so good, man. I think this is another call to all of us to be in our scripture more, yeah. to know the word, to live the word, yeah. to sing the word and breathe it. And Eat it needs it. to become second nature to us, yeah. you know? And so as a worship leader, you know, if you're listening, man, get in the word of God, dive into the songs. If you're doing five songs this weekend or four songs this weekend, find the scriptures that are the writing points of those songs, yeah. dive deeper into it. And so if you can match the scripture with the song and take that opportunity to teach, whether it's on stage or backstage with your team. Yeah. So, man, we've talked about, you know, apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and of course, pastors. And yeah. I think, I, you know, for me, I, I love diving deeper into, this could be a, a scripture that maybe you've read before, but you've just kind of blazed through it. Or, you know, as we've talked about, it's been maybe not talked about as much as it should be. Yeah. And we're not saying that you need to seek a title, but what we're saying here is to ask the Lord, okay, what is it in me? What is my specific calling and my specific purpose? And how can I lean deeper into that and be true to the worship leader, worship pastor that you've called me to be? Yeah. So man, any closing thoughts today? Yeah, man, I would just say my whole thing for this again, like you just said, is we're not looking for a title. We're actually trying to understand how we function. You know, and I want because part of my frustration and maybe jealousy of other people is based out of um, not thinking what I bring is good enough. Wow. The power of understanding who you are is that you also understand I don't have to do this alone. Mm. I have to find people on my team who function in ways I don't and celebrate that. And so if I don't, if I am not that teaching type, that's okay, but don't be threatened by those who are. That's good. Invite them in, ask their opinion, let them share, let them lead, mm. know the room, what is needed in this moment. And I may not be the one to carry it. Wow. And I lean heavy on my team. That's why I loved how James and I work together because, you know, I, I'm going to pastor a room, you know, but he, he is very good and he can do that. He, he loves people enough, you know, and leans in that, mm. but, um, he actually really is very prophetic. Wow. And so when he leads and we, we compliment each other, we celebrate each other's mm. giftings and there's not a competition there because it's like, it's not that I don't even care if I'm on the stage, yeah. you know, but whoever is needs to fill that role. And so what I would just encourage people today is like, you don't have to be everything to everybody, wow. but you do have to find other people who function in areas. You don't celebrate them, pull them in, 
Don't, you know, don't be afraid to let them have a say and ask their opinion. They see a perspective you don't, and this will be the this will be for the betterment of the body. Wow. Us doing this together. I always like to say, you know, the kingdom of God is collaboration over competition. Yeah. And when you realize that you need each other, we are a community. We are a body. Yeah. We don't need a ton of elbows. Yeah. We, we need all different parts and all different functions. And so, man, I hope today's podcast has helped you maybe discover a little bit more of your function. God bless you guys. You've been listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks. To learn more and to find resources for worship leaders and teams, you can visit curtisparks.com.